0: Good morning to you. It's Friday, August
1: 30th, 2019, the final weekday before the long Labor Day weekend. It's Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke as she is in Alaska. She will be returning in the middle of next week, so the Fabulous Farm Babe will be back on Wisconsin soil. We've got a lot coming up for you before 6 a.m., and most importantly, how would you like to win a pair of Farm Aid tickets courtesy of our friends at Rural Mutual Insurance Company? Head to our website, fabulousfarmbabe.net, click the Rural Mutual Farm Aid banner, and enter for your chance to win those tickets. I'm Josh Scramlin, and we've got you until 6 6 o'clock.
2: America has always been about working hard and achieving dreams. Nowhere is that more true than in the construction industry. Since 1987, Associated Builders and Contractors of Wisconsin has trained thousands of highly skilled and highly paid craft professionals in communities throughout the state. Our 12 registered apprenticeship programs at 11 Wisconsin Technical Colleges help the best and brightest turn dreams into dream careers. Learn more at abcwi.org.
3: No one works harder to help you achieve your goals.
4: You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners
2: understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners.
4: This year, Compeer Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com.
5: Trademarks of Compeer Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender.
1: Josh Gramlin here on the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Us in media, we're always trying to tell other people's stories. So it's weird when somebody asks us about ourselves. <laughs> we we have no problem talking about other people, but as soon as it comes to talking about ourselves, it's a little bit weird. And, uh, and Scott Schultz, you know that after talking with Scott Heiberger, correct?
6: That's right. But speak for yourself. I like talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Yep, Scott Heiberger over at the National Farm Medicine Center is the communications director there. I've known Scott for quite a while, and he helps lead me to a lot of stories over the years. He's helped me. And we, there's a new twist, though. Scott usually is working with media people to tell other people's stories, but this time, this story is about him. He's been elected president of the International Society for Agricultural Safety and Health. I recently caught up with him and asked what it takes to be elected to such a position
7: and to describe that organization's role. Uh, well, it's like probably a lot of listeners who belong to different organizations and volunteer groups. You you know you join something, and maybe at first you you do a lot of listening, and and then somebody asks you to join a committee, and you know next thing you know you're, you you uh, are president of the group. So, it's um it, it's a great organization. It's I'd say the best way to describe uh, the International Society for Agricultural Safety and Health, or ISASH, is that we're a big tent for any professional who's interested in farm safety. It's a it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to professional development, and we really uh, try to combat farm safety from a number of different angles. We have within our membership uh, engineers. You know, you can try to engineer right. uh, problems out of a, safety problems out of a out of a job. Um, you've got educators, anthropologists, uh, communicators, nurses, uh, other medical people, and by pulling everyone together in one place and and looking at safety problems from a variety of angles i think that helps come up with um solutions that might be uh, effective and and adopted by the by the farm audience and so it, it's a great organization to be part of i've been on the board of directors for uh this the sixth year and it'll be my last year and then uh, we need to rotate off and uh yeah i was very honored that That the rest of the board voted me in as president for this year and so we're a couple months into it and trying to basically set the organization up for long-term sustainability and you know get some procedures and practices in place and and maybe do some recruiting and uh, it's a great organization we want to see it you know go on for for a very long time
6: does the organization have some place they call home or is it uh, just spread out and you meet in different places how does that work
7: yeah, um, we actually it has its roots in Wisconsin. Now I, I should have been uh, prepared to, with this background, <laughs> but we are incorporated in, in the state of Wisconsin. And I'm, oh. I'm thinking maybe the um, one of the earlier meetings back in the '60s was in the state of Wisconsin. But um, but we uh, are kind of a virtual group, I guess. We do rotate mm-hmm. the conference, so there's no home office, so to speak. Uh, we do have uh, uh, some uh, part-time staff. And, uh, you know, one of our secretaries at the University of Illinois, for instance, and uh, so kind of by default, you know, we've thought of that as our headquarters because he sends out the minutes and, and yeah. it's kind of our glue in a lot of ways. Um, but we rotate our annual conference to different places around uh, North America. And this most recent June, we were in Des Moines, which was a great place to have a agricultural safety conference. Of course, you've got such a big agricultural presence there, uh, agribusiness and the financial industry and and just a great agriculture area iowa state university hosted that and other next year we'll be going to north carolina uh we've had the conference in you know bloomington illinois and, and utah uh, uh halifax nova scotia was was a very interesting place to go and they did a great job mm-hmm. and we brought in some fishery and forestry issues up there when we visited so we rotate around we stay in touch by you know teleconferences we have several standing committees and they have regular meetings, and uh, the board meets every couple months. And we just, you know, tie ourselves together with, um, you know, just uh, with technology, and um, have the in-person meeting once a year.
8: You
6: aren't new to the National Farm Medicine Center in this egg safety world. You've been at Marshfield at the National Farm Medicine Center for how long now?
7: Since 2001
6: boy, we've worked together on these issues for a while then, haven't we? <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah, you know, and as, as different generations come in, I mean, the, the, you do need to keep repeating the message and then with each generation sort of, you know, revise maybe how you how you look at your message and how you're delivering it and how it's being received. But, yeah, I mean, the, the same basic farm safety messages are still there and you still see the same basic headlines um, of different injuries. And, you know, unfortunately, just, just the names change. Uh, you know, although there has been a reduction in the rate of, Child injuries in this country in the last uh, 15 or so years and so yeah there's definitely some areas where we're making progress.
5: The child
6: injury reduction you guys have been working hard on that especially at the NFMC and what are the main reasons for some of those reductions might you say just do you have a gut feeling about why those uh, injuries have been reduced some?
7: And I'm laughing because yeah, we have uh, worked together a long time, Scott. You knew that I might very well say, "Well, Scott, I really can't answer that because I don't have the you know the hard data in front of me." <laughs> um, but no, I can answer that because it it is a little uh, speculative. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been around, you know, all all that's happening, and uh, and we can look at a few things. And um, the National Children's Center for Rural and Agricultural Health and Safety uh, was established in 1997, and that's housed here within uh, Marshall Clinic and the. Farm Medicine Center. Right. And so the National Children's Center, every five years we, we uh, compete and have been fortunate to be renewed for a, a, a federal grant uh, from NIOSH that, that um, enables us to sort of, you know, lead and pull together uh, priorities and, and initiatives aimed at child ag- injury prevention. And so for the first time in, the, in this country, we've got sort of a flagship to, to be sort of a clearinghouse of, of these different efforts. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's, it's, um, I see in media, I see a better awareness both in advertising, you know, companies that advertise equipment. Um, you know, you always see best practices emphasized in, you know, if you're, whether you're selling ATVs or tractors, you know, everybody's right. buckled in and they're wearing all the proper equipment. And, you know, that's that's something that we think a picture's worth a thousand words, and, and we think that probably has an effect. You've got parents now who grew up in an age of, uh, well, they grew up in, car seats and they wore bike helmets and um had some you know exposure to safety initiatives that maybe previous generations didn't so probably if they hear something about safety you know we feel like that might have a better chance of resonating with with today's parents Mm -hmm. um you know and just the idea that you know farmers love the lifestyle and and you know we want to see it perpetuated and and you know we all do and um if you can and and i think I think there's been challenging of traditions that are unsafe. You know, traditions are great to pass down and that's the, you know, in many ways the, the fabric of of rural living and and farming and ranching. Um but there are some there are some traditions worth challenging such as, you know, having the grandson ride on your lap uh on the tractor and uh, right. you know, things like that. And I I think those are becoming more um I I, I think the farm community is is um you know, challenging some of those unsafe practices more it's you know just leave the good stuff but but challenge maybe some of the old uh the old traditions that uh, just really aren't safe
6: in general are you saying your message is being heard now more than ever
7: you know it's a combination i think it, maybe that people are more receptive right. they're more receptive to it and, and we have to stay on our toes and put the message in places where we hope it'll be received and work probably the most important thing I guess I came to this in kind of a circular way, is working with groups that are close to farmers, working with uh, lenders, um, insurance people, you know, people who visit farms, veterinarians for a long time, have been a group that I think uh, people try to work through on, on getting information out. Rural firefighters, we've got a, a project, a, a growing project here, it's, it's growing nationally, where we work with fire departments to kind of train someone within the department to, to train the rest of the department uh, in responding to agricultural emergencies and Great. and also sort of arming firefighters, not just training with them uh, as they respond to, to situations, but um, just so that they can have a set of safety eyes so that we can sort of spread so that they can, if they're on a farm or they're talking to their neighbor, they can offer some safety advice or point uh, farmers towards a resource or maybe help them prepare for an emergency by mapping out their, um where the shutoffs for you know things are and where the chemicals are stored and where the different tanks are and we work through you know farm bureau and and some of the producer groups and that's been a real real key it's one thing for us to be here in marshfield saying well, we ought to do this this and that but by working with these groups who work with farmers and individuals mm-hmm. who work with farmers we can learn from them how best to to reach our, our target audience our end users who um you know would be the farm families themselves and of course to a whole other branch of that is you know employed farm workers and, and the migrant workforce you know we've, we've got a, a couple programs in that area too so yep working with others that's that's really a key
6: the international society for agricultural safety and health what you described early on in this discussion is an organization that deals with a wide variety what a vast range of safety issues there are under the umbrella of agriculture. There are also probably, I'm guessing, some things that resonate across uh, disciplines in agriculture. Does an organization like that help make things smoother instead of one region, uh, reinventing the wheel, you know, trying to learn. You guys are getting together and actually communicating on a national, international basis about what each other are doing so that you know that somebody's doing this and, hey, I'm latching on to that idea.
7: Yeah, that's that's the biggest value of this organization and uh, I, I need I need to have you when I'm doing brochures. I, I need to work with you on, on encapsulating, you know, what we offer and what we offer our members and, and you really hit upon it. You know, there's the collaboration, it's, it's the not reinventing the wheel, it's uh, taking an idea and building on it, it's it's collaborating. Um, we've got a researcher here, Brian Weichelt, who, who uh, uses informatics and uh, a database of uh, agricultural injuries as a way of tracking the injuries, doing surveillance, building up a database that researchers can use for their projects. And a couple years ago, Brian started talking to some other members of ISASH who have set up uh, maybe more regional or specific type of uh, surveillance mechanisms for agricultural injuries. And so now, rather than each of these parts of the country doing their own thing, you've got several researchers working together right. to, to better track these injuries, you know, that would be one example. And the membership is, uh, we're still trying to put more eye into into ISASH and, and make it more international. The membership, I right. would think, uh, is probably, you know, 80% plus North American right now. But we do have a foothold in, in a number of other nations. And um, like you said, there's certain issues that we wrestle with, like, um, you know, attitudes and, and behaviors of people working in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done this a hundred times, I've never gotten hurt, kind of thing. So, you know, there there are certain things that sort of transcend, you know, the different boundaries that, that we all wrestle with, you know, around the around the world as far as farm safety. But you no, know, that's the real value is to to get together and you can do a lot of things virtually, but it's really valuable that once a year to, to get together, to talk to people in hallways, to see somebody's presentation and realize somebody is working on something maybe that you, you also are working on and um that's that's the real kind of you know synergy I guess that 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 comes out of ISASH.
6: Well, thanks for your time this morning, Scott. That's Scott Heiberger, President of the International Society for Agricultural Safety and Health. Scott's day job, of course, is Communications Director at the National Farm Medicine Center, housed at the Marshfield Clinic Health System, and he also does uh, work with the Research Institute there. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire.
9: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, She knows farming, and she'll put you in a headlock
6: if you say different. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Josh Gramlin
1: filling in for Pam Yonke. She is in Alaska. She will be back at the middle of next week. five twenty-one on a Friday, which means it is time for Ag Weather with Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck.
5: Stu, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Josh. I'm doing really fine. How about you? I'm doing good. I am liking these moderate temperatures. Oh, they're nice. I mean, it's cooled off nicely. But yesterday, that little cool front did slide through. I happened to be over in Plymouth in the afternoon. There was actually a a severe weather warning in northern parts of Sheboygan County, and it looked kind of fierce. That was right when that cool front went through, and it didn't take long. It passed. It cooled off, dried out. The sunshine was out. That's what's in store now for today. That cool front way down from lower Michigan down into Indiana, Illinois, northern Missouri. Nothing on the radar nearby. Most activity in Missouri, Kansas, down to Oklahoma. That'll all stay off to the south. We'll watch that front, though, this weekend. It holds just to our south. May account for a small rain chance a little later tomorrow. And otherwise, it sounds very nice on through Sunday into Monday. Monday evening once again, another small chance of rain may redevelop. I'll have the forecast right after this.
10: Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? Sculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. Sculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at com. 523
1: on a Friday, and I am joined by my friend, egg meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, how are
5: things looking for this Labor Day weekend? It's going to be great. Let's talk today of a mostly sunny day and a cool one I'd expect some low 70s everywhere. There may be an upper 60 a little further north than central Wisconsin. That's the warmest it'll be. The northwest wind about 5. Overnight, just a few clouds trying to settle in. Generally clear, but partly cloudy skies develop. Low to mid 50s with a calm breeze. Tomorrow, a few more clouds. Partly sunny, if you will, in the afternoon, especially southern Wisconsin. A little scattered rain. If you're heading further north, a better chance to stay dry. Low 70s tomorrow. East winds develop at five that rain chance just into saturday night by sunday back to some sunshine oh partly sunny in the south low to mid 70s with east winds at five and labor day monday i'd expect some upper 70s and sun it really doesn't sound bad at all josh i think it'll be a good one to get some work done and a little recreation
1: yep sounds like a plan i am going to the field of dreams with my family this weekend so uh it looks, oh. looks
5: like it's gonna be nice You're going to have a beautiful, beautiful weather trip. Put it that (laughs) way.
1: And uh, enjoy moving your daughter into college. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm all fired up. (laughs) (laughs) You sound thrilled, Stu. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, okay? All right. See you then. All right. Yep. See you then again. That was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. He's got the weather every single weekday for you right around 520. My name's Josh Scramlin. I am filling in for Pam Yonke. She is back from her Alaskan farm tour next week in the middle of the week. So the farm babe will be back in Wisconsin. I'm Josh Scramlin.
7: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
4: The fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby.
6: Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai tankless water heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing.
1: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
10: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business.
1: Benjamin Plumbing.
0: Keeping Wisconsin strong.
1: Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Keeping
0: Wisconsin strong. We've got
3: Wisconsin sports covered. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Along.
0: We're going to Costa Rica and Panama. The dates, January 4th through the 13th. What a great way to start off the new calendar year. We'll begin in San Jose, Costa Rica with a tour of doca coffee, butterfly gardens, and a Costa Rican dairy. The natural beauty of Costa Rica, you will not miss. We'll be going to a wildlife refuge. We'll enjoy Arenal Volcano National Park and more. Then it's on to Panama, and we'll see more than just the canal. We are going to also visit some of the indigenous colonies that are available in Panama, and of course course the natural beauty and their agricultural highlights as well again the dates january 4th through the 13th 2020 if you'd like to come along jump online holidayvacations.com look for the keyword pam or call 800-826-2266 that's 826-2266
10: are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting a skincare minute with skincare expert michelle neeson Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? M-Sculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30 minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M-Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless.
7: Let your natural beauty
10: shine through. View our specials at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie.com
9: silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Bad your UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear Jewelry Store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, goodmansjewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street, same spot for those 85 years.
11: Cody, how the hell was the rain delay at Miller Park? Oh, man, I don't even know. I, it was so surprising, too. Like, I didn't even notice it was raining. Like, I just saw a band starting to head for the concourse. I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized it is raining. <laughs> I was like, how's this happening?
3: <laughs> now, like, did people think it was like that show, like Impractical Jokers or something, Cody, where, like, people were looking around, like, what's the gaff here? Like, is something going to run out? And, like, you know, you're on candid camera. Like, how, was it just, like, what was the mood in there? Like, the vibe when the game was delayed?
11: I mean, it didn't feel real, and then everybody just kind of started laughing, It's kind of like how the Brewer season has gone. <laughs> I think mean, it was the perfect uh, metaphor for uh, what has been going on this year.
3: Yeah, and then, you know, I said this. Uh, by the way, Cody, I don't know how much of a sports handicap you are, but uh, you'll be happy or maybe bittersweet to know that we have instituted the hashtag Bets on the Daily Action Zone. We are calling it. We are waving the white flag as far as sports gambling. Yesterday, I took the Brewers and – Nelson and Ebor are kind of questioning it. And now, retrospectively, obviously, it was a terrible bet. But, you know, going into that game, you talk about a must-win game already. You factor in that Hauser's probably been your most consistent pitcher the last month. The opposition pitcher last night hadn't won a game since since early July. He was old for his last eight starts. I mean, you talk about a game that should have lined up perfectly for the Brewers to lose that game. I don't want to say there's no hope, but that's kind of, to me, like a symbol. Like, if you don't win that game, I, I don't know where you go from there.
11: Yeah, and Adrian Hauser actually pitched pretty well. He went five innings, only allowed the one run off the home run from or Molina, who is just an absolute Brewers killer. He's probably going to thank the Brewers in his Hall of Fame speech. Uh, Hauser, he actually had to leave the game, so he only threw 74 pitches. He had left hip discomfort. Oh, that's Uh, what it was? Yeah, and Hauser and Council both described it as not serious, but there may be a little bit room for concern. Hauser said he was feeling it before the game started, and then it kind of inflamed up in the second inning. He said he had it last season as well. Uh, So it's something to watch. Hauser did say he doesn't expect to miss his next start. But if you have discomfort like that, that can linger, and it it could be a problem moving forward. So hopefully it's nothing, but they they did say that it it is a concern. Uh, But, yeah, you look at last night's game, and, I thought the Brewers were a lock to win. Like, I felt really confident about that. Because, Same. We bet on like them in the action zone. Yeah, you mentioned what, what Miklos has done. And, and I, I, I saw the stat last night, and it really jumped out at me. Miklos' curveball last night, 63% of his curveballs were in the strike zone. And 61% of his sliders were in the strike zone. When you throw breaking balls, uh, you want those to come outside the strike zone, try to get hitters to chase and the Brewers just could not hit the breaking balls. Like, their offense is not locked in right now, and I expected more from their offense, especially in a game like this where I don't know if I'd call it a must-win yet, especially because you're still only three and a half games out of the wild card. It looks like they're not going to win the division. I think it's kind of safe to say that I think the division chances are, are gone, but the wild card is still there. But losing two in a row now uh, to the Cardinals in the stretch of 10 games where you're playing, uh, you know, against the Cubs, the Astros, the Cardinals, like, you, you just got to start winning some ball games. I mean, there's only, what, 30 games left? Like, you, you can't you can't keep doing this.
3: Uh Cody, is, visiting with
11: their – go ahead. Uh, Cody, I mean, is the wild card even – sh- I mean, what's one – give me one positive about the Milwaukee Brewers that would say that they're <laughs> going to get to the wild card. The one thing I'll say about that, I think they're a better baseball team than how they're playing right now. Uh, so, so I think that's where the hope comes. Uh, that's where the feeling that they can turn it around and still make a little bit of a run and, and get to a position where they are playing for a wild card. Uh, but that's about it. I mean... But and, recently that's a, you're, and that's kinda, a hope. That's a hope, right? Yeah, that's a hope. But, you know, the, the saying, you are who who you are. You are what your record says you are. So, I, Cody, I believe it was um, Denny
3: Green. He said they are who we thought they were.
11: <laughs> well... Yadi Merlina definitely is who we thought he was. <laughs> That's for sure. That guy, he's he got, he got, he got seven home runs of the season. Three of them have come in the last two days.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it, it was, it's been a tough couple of days. Let me ask you this on a, on a lighter note. Uh, giving credence to someone's criticism that has 183 Twitter followers by playing their name as a walk-up music. Genius move by Christian Yelich or uh, getting bodied uh, on Twitter move by Christian Yelich? Headiness level a thousand, and I love it, and I fully support it.
8: And what was and he saying I after I hope the game? He
3: continues to do it. What
8: was he saying uh, about
11: it? I really loved his response. He said basically that he knew he did get criticism for it uh, by some people, and he said he didn't, he didn't care. You know, he did because it, it was fun. And
1: let's talk about something that everyone not only loves to talk about but eat. No, I'm not talking about cheese curds. I'm talking about meat. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin, and to talk more about meat, I spoke with.
4: Stacy scramlin and my full title, I'm assistant professor in the Department of Animal Science at Purdue University.
1: Stacy, can you tell me what your focuses of research are at Purdue?
4: Uh, so I focus on fresh and processed meat quality. And so when it comes to things that can affect meat quality, everything back to how the animal re- was raised from their genetics to their nutrition, how they were handled, all of those can play a role into what we actually get from a meat product. So it's important we do everything right on that aspect and, and see how that affects that final product. Um, so I look at both the fresh meat and then also at processed meats. So things like luncheon meats, bacon, everyone loves bacon, mm-hmm. um, you know, ham, things like that. So um, there's additional processed that go into place to make those as well so all of my work is really looking at how can we improve the quality of meat um, whether it be on the live animal side or on um, the processing side
1: it's probably really interesting for you because just in the last 10 years i feel like people are becoming increasingly interested in where their food is coming from so for you as a person where that's your whole life, it's probably really fascinating.
4: It, you know, it is. It's funny. I think on the agriculture side, sometimes we've taken kind of a, a hit, or at least we've taken things personal, when people are like, oh, it's got to be this way. It's got to be raised organic or cage-free or what have you. Um, but to me, the silver lining is that people are starting to care a lot more about what's going into their food and how it's being produced and things like that. Um, we can get into whether or not organics and things are, not, or, are better or not, <laughs> yeah. but that's a whole nother thing. But um, but like I said, at least people are caring more and that means they're having a better appreciation I think that comes across in all areas of agriculture is that for so long we've kind of taken agriculture for granted. You know, we found a, a food uh, at the grocery store. So all the stock, you know the shelves are stocked and and there's plenty of different variety. And now we're starting to realize. You know, people are starting to appreciate what that variety entails. You know, how, do, how does that food get there? And so I think that, yeah, there's definitely been a, a better story being told from agriculture as well, that they're, they're telling their story a lot better.
1: Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to do a broad scope of what's going on in the meat industry, something that I was completely unaware of until <laughs> you just told me a few minutes ago. Is it's possible to grow meat in petri dishes now? Can you maybe talk about that and then the regulation battle that's going on there?
4: Um, yeah. So the, basically, what it is, there's several startup companies and they're very much in kind of that venture capitalist still. Um, not much has really met the market yet, or I don't think that. Yeah, they're not in the market yet, but they've. Um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about who was going to be in charge of it. USDA and FDA. They actually are kind of taking a joint role as far as um, one one agency is decided is going to regulate kind of the initial startup of it and then another agency is going to kind of take over and actually inspect it on a daily basis. Um, But there's lots of different companies that are working towards this all across the U.S. and actually I think across the world. And it's actually, like I said, they're they're essentially taking stem cells um, uh, or cells uh, from the blood um, of live animals and then that way they actually grow them in these bioprocessors. So there's um, a lot that goes into it, a lot of science, a lot of money that's been put into it from a venture capitalist standpoint. Nothing, like I said, has actually reached the market Yet, but um, it, it is an interesting niche that some people are, are interested in that this would be a way to get meat without ending an animal's life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's an interesting uh, avenue. It's a, it's a, like I said, it's a growing area, but uh, it's still very much in an infancy. Have you tried any of those meats before? I have not. It's very challenging actually to be able to get a sample of them. Um, be, uh, several researchers have, we've tried, um, and I actually did get invited to a conference last year, but it was like Last minute, and it was like only like two weeks before, and it was out in San Francisco. and I was like, This might be my chance to try it, and I but I couldn't do it because I only got invited like two weeks before. So, uh, being in getting that flight from Indiana to San Francisco and having somebody take care of my classes, I couldn't quite swing it, but I was really close. I thought about it, I was tempted.
1: The rise of alternative meat, as it has kind of become to be known as, will be very, very interesting. Thank you to Dr. Stacy Scramlin of Purdue for speaking with me and for the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Josh Scramlin. Markets are up now. Next,
0: early bird gets the worm, or in this case, at least peace of mind. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. You're from my buddies at McFarland's right there in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street. That's just off Highway 12. You really can't miss it. They've got all the Kubota tractors lined up out in front, all the Massey Ferguson ready to go. And for fall preparation, you might want to start thinking about making firewood, maybe going to do a little hunting, still have some hay that you want to make. The best part about McFarland's, you can address all of those needs under one roof. Maybe it's time to bring in that chainsaw and get it serviced. Be it steel, simplicity, Ferris, Kubota, Husqvarna, they'll take care of it all. Remember, if McFarland sells it, they service it. Same situation when it comes to getting that snowblower ready for the winter details. If they sell it, they service it. And let's remember that early bird getting the worm or at least peace of mind. Everything all under one roof. That's peace of mind. And that's McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12.
9: No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be.
4: You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand.
9: Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and
2: neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And, and we're, we're ready, ready, ready to, to champion, champion rural together. together. Learn more at compere.com. Compere Financial. Equal credit opportunity lender.
1: Good morning. Happy Friday. Josh Gramlin for the Midwest Farm Report. Good to have you aboard. It is August 30th, 2019. And on Sunday, President Trump announced a trade agreement in principle with Japan, keeping exports of American products such as wheat moving into a very large market. While a few details have been released, U.S. Wheat Associates applauded the deal. USW Vice President Steve Mercer says the proposal will protect business deals and interests American wheat producers currently enjoy in Japan while allowing the U.S. to enjoy trade benefits under the Trans-Pacific Part
11: They import a significant amount of uh, soft white wheat, of spring wheat, and of hard red winter wheat. Uh, In fact, U.S. has uh, enjoyed a 50% market share there. Canada and Australia have split the rest. So this deal uh, puts us on the same footing as Canada and Australia.
1: Mercer adds American wheat growers have been growing the Japanese market for a generation.
11: Uh, Oregon Wheat Growers League first visited Japan to look at the opportunity there in 1949 the Western Wheat Associates, which is a legacy organization the U.S. wheat opened an office there 62 years ago. So, this is a market that wheat farmers built and has created a relationship that is very, very important,
8: critical even.
1: He continued that this will help rural ag economies that continue to struggle. Mercer added special thanks to Chief Ag Negotiator Greg Dowd and USDA Undersecretary Ted McKinney who went the extra mile to ensure Japan was a viable option for U.S. producers. And with that being said, let's take a look Look at your opening markets on a Friday. Cash corn sits at 361 and a half. That's up one and three quarters of a cent. And new crop corn is at 373 and a quarter. That is up two pennies. Cash bean currently sits at 857 and three quarters. That's up a penny. And new crop beans are at 873 and a half. That is up five cents. Cash wheat is at 459 and a half. That's down ten and a quarter of a cent. And new crop wheat is at 467 and a half. That is down five and a quarter of a cent. As for livestock, live cattle sits at 105 six and a half. That's up five and three quarters. And feeder cattle is at 133 four. That is up five and a half cents. Lean hogs are at 64 nine. That's up one point. And moving to dairy, butter is at 218.5. That's down 2.5. Black cheddar's up 4 pennies at 192. Cheddar barrel up 2 pennies at 170. And taking a look at milk prices, September milk is at 1760. That's up 4. And October milk is at 1764. That's up 11. Farm Aid is coming to Wisconsin on Saturday, September 21st. The lineup is ridiculous. Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, Neil Young, Luke Combs, Brothers Osborne, just to name a few. That's only, like, half the lineup. And the Farm Report has got your tickets thanks to our friends at Real Mutual Insurance company. Head to fabulousfarmbabe.net, click on the Rural Mutual Farm Aid banner, and right there you can enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin.
7: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
8: As summertime reaches its peak, so does property crime. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers has a few tips on how to keep you and your family safe this summer. Be aware of what's happening in the neighborhood. Get to know your neighbors and look out for one another. Lock your doors, including the garage door. Unlocked doors are open invitations to intruders. Don't post on social media that you are leaving town, and wait to post photos after you return from your trip. Plan your route. Stay within well-traveled routes and walk in groups. There's safety in numbers. If your child or teen will be alone a significant amount of time, have him or her check in with you if they plan to leave the house and when they arrive drive back home. Monitor internet and social media activity to establish children and teens are visiting appropriate sites and following guidelines. Always lock your doors and roll up your windows when you leave your car. Do not leave valuables in the car. If you must leave prized possessions in your vehicle, keep them out of sight or hidden in the trunk. And remember, if you see something, say something. If you see people or activities that seem suspicious, report your observations to Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or call 911.
0: I bet many of you don't even know that Wisconsin. He sits got a down with former Badger right to break the down Madison the season. The Wisconsin football roundtable Thursday nights from five to six, live from Coaches Club. The zone. Her daughter zone. Piper came down with an emergency gastrointestinal problem, and she needed help right away. And she turned to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine.
10: I called them immediately knowing that I could get through to somebody and they pretty much walked me through it. And that alone just put me at ease. So I called back probably 15 minutes later and
0: said, I'm on my way. Fortunately, that emergency after our visit to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine was productive. Today, Jody is a strong advocate for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and their expansion project.
10: My name is Jody, and I'm the mom to my dog, Piper. I 100% support the building project for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, and I hope you will, too. It's a gem for Wisconsin. You
0: can help. Go to Animals Need Heroes 2, T-O-O.com for more. A lady
6: who knows overalls are fashionable every season aren't you taking this a bit far the fabulous farm babe
0: well as we wrap her up today we want to bring some good news to those farm families that are working with compure financial time for an update on how their business models working along and helping you uh, expand opportunities on the farm Uh, joining us today rod hebrink president ceo of compure financial we all know and we've been Talking about it for a while it 's not a real real joyful time in agriculture uh, because of the financial situation, no matter what you 're growing or producing. And then we had weather that got uh, in our way as well. But remember, Compere Financial is basically a cooperative. And that means it's all about their members, making sure that they're taken care of and also making sure they get a little something back on those good years. Rod, good to talk with you again, and especially when you're going to be delivering good news. Again, this year, Compere Financial is going to be sending patronage uh, dividends back to the farm. Tell me a little bit. Despite the tough financial strain a lot of farm families have been facing, Compure Financial, uh, you guys really do a lot to mitigate that kind of stress on your portfolio. Tell me how 2019's been for Compure. Well,
2: 2019 has been uh, performing better than expected, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, we go back to the to the purpose of the merger, creating diversification in the portfolio which means that we don't have concentrations, as much concentration in a single industry. and kind of lets us work through the ups and downs that parts of the portfolio go through. And then I think really across our territory, the market facilitation programs that came uh, and were paid last year in 2018, particularly in soybeans and a little bit in other commodities, that made a bigger impact than we thought at the time. Uh, In agriculture and help farmers kind of weather through. And so we haven't seen as much impact in our portfolio as we expected going into 2019, and our, and our earnings from the strength of the portfolio continue to be excellent at this point in time.
0: You know, that's that's very interesting that you point out. So many people only hear the headlines about uh, the AIDS, the market facilitation program, and stuff like that. But the bottom line is, it's not like uh, farmers are, are living extravagantly. They're coming right back to the partners that they work with to make sure that they're trying to take care of their debt as best they can, huh, Rod?
2: No that's absolutely right and and cash flow regardless of the source of it is important to farmers. And so yes market prices have been down and and that has cut into their income and their cash flow and so some of these support payments that have come to offset the the trade barriers that have been a challenge over the last couple of years have been very helpful to offset some of the other market price difficulties. Mm -hmm. So
0: tell me a little bit about the volume of patronage that is going to be going back out to farm families through Compure, Rod. Uh, We were talking uh, before we started the conversation a little bit that it depends on where you are. Obviously, a lot of my audience is the old Badgerland Financial Group, but it kind of depends where you are as to distribution. Tell me.
2: Well, the patronage that we'll be sending out in the coming couple of weeks is our cash patronage for 2018. And that is is distributed across all of the three states and to all of our stockholders. doesn't really matter where you are. It depends on the volume of business that you had with Compeer and the, the, the makeup of the products and services that you purchased from us. And so the board of directors, you know, partly because of Compeer's performance, partly because of the challenges in agriculture, has increased our total patronage this year by about $42 million, and so our cash patronage being paid out now in early August totals $99 million to more than 30,000 producers across Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois. So it really is good news, and we're excited. This is a great time of the year to be able to distribute the checks, get into those conversations with our clients. Some of those checks will be mailed, some of them hand-delivered, some of our offices have... Uh, picnics or other events, the clients can come in and, and pick up those checks.
0: That's just excellent news. Excellent news, and like you said, uh, we want to stress that this action does not put at risk any of the strength of the portfolio that Compeer Financial has.
2: Well, no, absolutely not. The the first role of the board of directors is their fiduciary responsibility to Compeer, and Compeer remains very strong financially with a solid portfolio. Uh, excellent, excellent capital position in the organization. And so our philosophy is we charge competitive rates, we will retain what is necessary in the organization to maintain our financial strength, and we'll return uh, all of the rest to our stockholders. And that's the basis for the patronage program and why we're able to, in total, between the cash patronage and the allocated equities distributed in February of this year to pay out more than $152 one hundred fifty-two million dollars to our stockholders.
0: Well, that is excellent news. Again, like I said, at a time when farmers are are looking for any good news. Hey, Rod, let me ask you. It's been about two years now since uh, the official merger. Uh, that created Compure. First Farm Credit out of Illinois, AgStar Financial out of Minnesota and Western Wisconsin, and then Badgerland Financial. How are things coming together? I mean, you know, it takes time to get everybody on the same team. It can take time to get some of the the big plans in play. When you take a look across not just Compure's portfolio, but the team you've got out there in those offices delivering those checks, how do you think you're doing?
2: Well, we're really pleased with the integration of the organization, how things have come together overall. Uh, The patronage program is an indication that we believe we're able to follow through on the the promises and commitments that we made as a part of the merger. I've talked to our team internally that these first couple of years have been building foundations, and sometimes we get impatient because, like another construction project, that foundation isn't the most exciting part. You can't really see it, the progress being made, and And the foundations are there. Now we can turn to the more uh, exciting and visible parts of the project. Uh, Later this week, I'm meeting with some client advisory council meetings. We're going to share the investments that we've been making in technology and how how we begin to roll out new products and services uh, to our stockholders. And that's the part that they can see. But over the last couple of years, we had to build all of that internal foundation, get all of the technology systems on the same page, that allows us to deliver those enhancements to our to our stockholders along the way.
0: Right. And like you said, sometimes those stockholders uh, may not necessarily be completely familiar with, let's say, Wisconsin agriculture or something like that. You'd still need to keep them attracted in the Compeer financial business model.
2: Well, absolutely. And, you know, our focus is uh, to support agriculture and rural communities through the products and services that we provide. And so it can be a, a broad range from, from peer commodity agriculture to part-time agriculture, small farms, large farms, agribusinesses, rural communities, rural homeowners. Uh, we try and serve the whole rural uh, e- economy then that's connected to agriculture.
0: Rod, he brings along with us President CEO of Compeer Financial. If you're just joining us this morning, the good news is that, again, this year, Compere is in a financial position to return patronage dividends back to their customer clients. That's what the co-op is all about. Rod, give them the number again and give them an idea on distribution and how fast the money may make it to them.
2: Well, this uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be mailing or hand-delivering more than 30,000 checks, totaling $99 million across the three states of Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois. And couple
0: that with your February distributions, and it really turns into a big number.
2: It does. The total for 2019 is $152 million, and we hope that, well, one, it rewards our clients who are a part of the organization and the cooperative, but it also uh, is, is one of those benefits in helping them through this challenging time in the agricultural economy.
0: Well, congratulations again on uh, keeping that team pulled together so well and finding ways to perform so well that the market rewards us. Rod Hebrink, along with us, he is president, CEO of Compure Financial. And remember, if you're already a customer, you'll be getting some information on that patronage dividend, I'm sure, in the mail, or like Rod said, face-to-face. If you're not yet working with Compure Financial, why don't you investigate what they may have for you? Very easy to do. And remember, there's Compere Financial locations all around our listing area. You can find one, find out more about what they can do for you, whether it's a home out in the countryside or adding on a, another barn. Compeer.com.